All right, the gospel plan. This is the fourth uh, series in the gospel plan. We are going to look at Matthew today from Matthew 21 to Matthew 28. Okay? We are at the gospel of Matthew. You've been, uh, you've been enjoying reading the scripture? Yes, yes. I like that. Yes. All right. Are you ready for the word of God this morning? Yeah? We're good? We're ready? Okay, does uh, anyone need any break or anything? Because I don't want you to miss anything, right? All right, we're ready. Let's do this together. Let's do this together. So, we, the sermon today is Jesus is Lord. Okay, Jesus is our Lord. And uh, why is He Lord? What does Lordship look like in your life, in my life, and the life of the church? Let me read the scripture for you here. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Right? So this is the end of Matthew, Matthew 28. We're going to walk back from here. And we will start from 21. Okay. How did he say this? Why did he say this? Um, I was, uh, uh, when we were at our life group uh, last week on Wednesday, and when Brandy was sharing, all my past mistakes have caught up, and I had to go back to jail to clean up my life. And I'm still not sure whether they will send me back to jail because my past is following me. So we prayed. We prayed hard that they will not, she will not go back to jail and she was going to go to Dublin. Now you heard the story that uh, her case is dismissed and she's not going back to jail. Right? This is liberation physically and emotionally uh, for Brandy. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's the, and how does these things happen? It happens because of the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ that live and dwell within us. Why is Christ able to say this? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is because He was crucified, He died, He was buried, and He rose again from the dead. That is the reason why He is able to say this. You hear me this morning, church? The Lord Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross. He was buried, and on the third day, He rose again. He overcame death. He is the Lord of the dead. Death cannot hold Him. That is the reason why we have this commission. And we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about that. Jesus has the power. Jesus has the power over all things, because He is the creator of all things. Jesus holds all things together. By the power of His Word, He holds the universe. Right? Colossians, Hebrew, at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow. Philippians. Why? Because He was obedient even unto death, and He rose from the dead. He overcame that. And from the beginning, Matthew was trying to convince the Jewish people, to prove to the Jewish people that Jesus is the Messiah. 
that this is the Messiah that they have been waiting for. That is the whole point of the Gospel of Matthew. So we have come to the end. How is this relevant to us? That's what we want to talk about too. Not just having a word knowledge. So let's talk about this commission thing. The authority of Jesus. When we talk about the Lordship of Jesus, that Jesus is Lord, it, we are talking about the authority of Christ. We are talking about the authority of Christ. That He is the Creator. He holds everything together. Right? The universe is upheld by the power of His Word. Those are scripture. Every knee will bow at the name of Jesus Christ. Let us unpack this. Okay? So where should we go? Um, there is no order today. Let us go back to, you remember when Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are? Okay. Let's stop there. So I asked this pastor, uh, who had planted about 200 churches, in having a big church. And I asked him, so what is your impression when you came to San Francisco and Bay Area? What, what hit you? Right? What hit you? And what do you think we can do? And he said, wow, this is a hard place. But the moment I landed in the airport and as I traveled around San Francisco and South Bay, this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, don't... Don't live by this scarcity principle, right? You live by, oh, we can't do this scarcity, you know, uh, mentality. I can't do this. The world's too hard. This place is too hard. Uh, They are not open to the gospel. People don't like Christian. You have this mentality that you can't do it. Uh, I say, that's the first thing that I need to get rid of. That's what he was telling me. That why? Because the harvest is plentiful. My friends, we don't have a harvest problem. Do you know that? We do not have a harvest problem. What problem do we have? We have a labor problem. Right? We have a labor problem. He was talking about that too, this pastor friend. We don't have a harvest problem. The harvest is plentiful. But we have a laborer problem. What are we going to do about it? What can we do if we know that? Do you think we have a harvest problem or no? What about, do you think we have a harvest problem at our church? Okay, so let's do some exercise, okay? Um, And bear with me, okay? Because I'm going to uh, ask you to involve, okay? Uh, Youth. Can all the youth come here? How many of you? One, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, there again. Uh, Abby, Shim, uh, Ray, all the road that are there, please come. So, otherwise they say the pastor is preaching too long, okay? So help me out here. Okay, here. One here, Louise. Uh, and uh, everybody got something here? Okay. Okay, Abby, Ray. Shim, uh, and then uh, here. Right. Okay. So, 
This is what you're going to do, including the youth. Just give me 30 seconds attention, right? Hey, guys. Yeah. Including you. So think about your friends that you think needs uh, Jesus and that needs salvation, okay? It could be, any, I'm not telling you to go and evangelize them. Just think about any friends or let's say I have five friends that need salvation, okay? Then you write that name. But before you do that, all of you, our church members, if you know anyone that needs salvation, that needs the love of Christ, your friends, your family members, whoever it be in your colleague, I want you to write that number down. Don't write the name. Just if you have five people that you know that need salvation, just write it down. Okay? And they will, now you can go and they will collect it back. So give everyone a paper. And there's pen on the, uh, on the, on the, there is pen on, in, in front of you, okay? Let everyone get a, a, a sticky note, okay? And you're going to write the number of people that you know need salvation, right? And if you need pen, let me know. So, I, I want to see whether we have a harvest problem or not in our church, okay? Or whether we have a labor problem in our church. I, I want to see because we are talking about this, right? Okay, so I will give you like 20 seconds just to think about those people, the names that will come to you, and then you can write it down. And as you write down, you know, just pray for them. Pray for those people. Yes, and now, if you have written it down, you can you please help me uh, collect those numbers? Yeah. Can you, here, here. And add up the number for me at the end, okay? Please add up the number. Yeah. Uh, collect from here, and you can go out and sort it out and give me the numbers. That'll be good. Okay. So everyone who has written down the numbers, give it to the youth, and they will collect it. And uh, Ray and uh, you guys help me uh, figure out what was the total number of the people that gave that. Okay, <clears throat> and thank you. I appreciate. It. I want to give all of you a big hand for doing this for me. Yeah. So what did I say? To say, pray to the Lord of the harvest. See. The word there is already Lord. Pray to the Lord of harvest. Why? Because Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. And he is proved that even before he was crucified, he was buried and he resurrected from the dead, that he is the Lord of the harvest. The church is not the Lord of the harvest. The pastor is not the Lord of the harvest. The staff is not the Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest is whom? Is the Lord Jesus Christ. And what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do, Santa Clara First Baptist Church? We are supposed to pray. Thank you. It didn't say, I, mean, I know plan, strategy, these are good things. But before all that thing come, we need to pray. How are we doing with our prayer? 
So the Lord, as I was praying for our church, I'm going to repeat this for those who are new again. As I was praying for the church, for the goal that we should have for 2019 and 20, in my dream, the Lord gave me a vision, three things. One, two, three. I can still see, right? One in white, two in white, three, and it's a black background. And the first one said the church should read and study the Word of God. The second one, the church, the church should pray. And the three, the church should make disciples. These are the three things that the Lord spoke to me in my vision. Okay? So, we are studying the Word of God. The Bible reading challenge for our church is studying the Word of God. And about 100 of you have signed up for that Bible reading challenge. I want to give a big hand to you for doing that. And thank you for Jerry and Sharon for a great app that you have created that now. But, um, you look around here, right? You look around here today, and you can see these uh, empty spots in the middle or somewhere. It, some other Sundays are fuller than this. And you may think, oh, pastor, uh, what's happening to September? We used to have more people here in August, and well, that may be true. But I'm telling you this. The enemy will use discouragement as his weapon to the church and to say you're not doing well. Do you hear me? The enemy will use the staff and the board and the leaders and look around. Where, where did all the people go? And he will also tell you when you're at home on a Saturday night, they say, oh, I'm going to sleep late tonight. And you get up, you sleep at like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. You can't get up to church. And about 20, 25 people to say, you know, I'm just going to stay home. Uh, that is the tactics of the enemy that they don't want us to assembly, assemble together. What do we do? What are we supposed to do? Except by prayer and fasting. See? Except by prayer and fasting. You cannot deliver them. So what did the Lord say? Oh, I want you to get on your knees first. Reach the heart and soul of people on your knees. Strategy, goals are good. Begin on your knee. Church, are we praying? When you know people are not here and the enemy is bringing all kinds of problems in their life, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Are we praying to the Lord of harvest? Ready? Are you? Are we there? Okay. I say don't, there is no sequence, right? All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. All authority. It is Christ that has authority. Jesus has the power over the creation like the potter has over the clay. Jesus has the power over the creation like the potter has over the clay. Go back to Matthew 21. What did he say? The disciples, go into the town. You will see a donkey, right? A colt. And tell them, if they ask, why are you taking this animal? Say, say that the master has need of it. He is the Lord of the people and the creation. Did they ask him when he took the cold? They let it go because he is the Lord of it. See, Matthew 21. He is the Lord of all the creation. All right, he is the Lord of all the creation. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city were moved saying, who is this? He is the Lord of the creation. 
He can let people give away their stuff to him because he is master over it. All right. So go therefore and make disciples of all nations, right? Jesus has the power to issue commands and demand what? Obedience. See? The Lord has the power to command and then demand obedience. That's the Lord. That's the Lord. And that's why he's asking us to go. To go and make disciples. Oh, isn't that part of the dream that I had? Making disciples as a church? What do we do? We start by prayer. Let me talk about prayer. Okay. So, um, what is your understanding about prayer? What's your understanding about prayer? Sometimes I feel like there's a lot of gap here, you know, with you guys. I just want to go down and talk to you guys. Are you guys here with me this morning? Yes. Are you ready? Yeah, I, I want to tell you something that is really very important for you. Right? This is not like, oh, the sermon that, you know, there's something that's applicable. Okay, ready? So, I want to use the definition of prayer from Hebrews. Uh, Hebrew, Hebraic understanding rather than the uh, Greek, which is prostrating, prosquinio, right? Uh, but I want to use the Hebrew. So, there are two meanings about prayer in Hebrew. One is prayer means self-judgment. Okay? Self-judgment. To judge oneself. And then attachment. Okay? Are you ready? So self-judgment and attachment. What does that mean, Pastor? It means introspection and bonding. Let me explain this to you. So when you're going to pray, so self-judgment is, what am I all about? What's happening in my life? It's not a session of request making, okay? That's part of it. But the moment you go into prayer, you're ready with your list. I'm going to ask this to God. Boom, boom, boom. I have 10 lists and praise. That's my, no, 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 no. You go first with, what am I all about? So when you are going to pray to God... You have to think about your life. What's happening in my life? Why am I feeling not so... I don't know. I can't point it. But things are not right. You start thinking about that. That's introspection. This introspection and self-judgment is supposed to lead to what? Attachment. To, to what kind of attachment? Attaching to God. That, the introspection will lead to bonding to God. That is prayer. This is what the Lord taught us in Matthew. Do you know the model of prayer? What did he say? How did he start the first prayer? What were were the two words? Let's stop there. Our Father. He could have said our Creator, Almighty God. He didn't say. This prayer model that Jesus was giving us is the bonding of a child to a parent. Our Father. When you self-judge yourself, that should lead you to a relationship like a father and a son, a father and a daughter, to a parent, to a mother. That relationship, that prayer should lead from self-judging, introspection, to bonding and attachment to God as a father. Any question? Right? 
Okay, now, so if that happens, if this introspection is leading to the bonding like a son to the father, then the father will do what the son is asking because they know each other what they like. Are you getting the point? Then he said, then you ask the mountain to move because I will move because the father and the son are one. You're not going to ask something that the father doesn't like. You're going to know the heart of the Father. That is prayer. And He is the Lord of the harvest. He is the Lord that answers prayer because He knows everything. So then, how is your prayer life? Are you bonding with the Father because of your prayer? My life is better. My life was better when I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I used to have a lot of anxiety when I was in high school. And the first year of college. And then I met the Lord Jesus Christ in a real way. And I had more peace. My self-esteem was better. I had better grades. My friends, I did not bother much about how I look because... My void was filled by Christ, right? So prayer is the process of putting things together. That's what prayer is. Prayer is the process of putting things together. And who holds all things together? Christ holds all things together. So when you are praying and bonding with God as the Father, He put all your life together. It's the process of putting things together. Why did Jesus come to this earth? Because we have committed sin and wandered wandered far away from God. So he came to put us together with God again. That's why Jesus came. And prayer is a big part of putting that life together. Now, Christ is coming back again, and He asks us to continue to pray to Him, to fast and pray, so our life are put together finally with God. Your life on earth here is not permanent. So you make money, you have jobs, you have house, you have cars, you have everything. And then you sit back and say, is that all life is? Is that all life is? You may be a very successful mother, father, but doesn't it hurt you when one of your child is hurting? So one pastor who is doing very well, he asked for prayer to the pastors, and he said... uh, my daughter is cutting. My wife just called me to say my daughter is cutting. And he started crying and said, the enemy cannot touch me. The enemy cannot harm my wife. But he's trying to harm my children. And I don't know what to do. But I'm going to go into a time of fasting and prayer for 40 days. Are you hearing me, church? Because who is the Lord? Christ is the Lord who delivers people that are ill and sick. But he asked the church to pray. He asked the church to pray because prayer is what? It's the process of putting things together. Is your life put together? 
Is your life put together? Or lately you've been feeling something's wrong. Pastor feels that we need to pray. I just know our church, we need to pray. How do I know this? Um, we have lots of people sitting over there, the Brazilian people that will come and sit here. That's okay, don't worry about the lights, right? And I'm out of the Facebook, but they can hear my voice. And then, um, one of the members was delivered from spiritual oppression. When that happened, I immediately knew, and I talked to my wife, the enemy is going to attack our church. Right? The enemy is going to attack our church. How will he attack our church? Discouragement is one big thing that he will use. And for a pastor, what is one big discouragement? When people don't come to church, you can get discouraged. Are you connecting it now? See? So when you see empty spots like this, this is for a reason. I want to let you know that because, because we are obeying and following the Lord and doing His work in the name of Jesus, the enemy is trying to distract us and discourage us. I do not want you to be discouraged. We are doing well. Why are we doing well? Because many of us are reading the Bible. Can anybody go wrong reading the Bible? That is one thing you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with. You can't go wrong with reading the Bible. Ray, what was the number? What was the total number that uh, you collected? So we are less than probably 200 here today. And you wrote down a number. And you know 922 people that need to be saved. You tell me that we have a harvest problem. We don't have a harvest problem. We have a labor problem. And the Lord is telling us, go and make disciples of all nations. And who are supposed to go? I'm so glad you're here this morning. You're sitting right here and the Lord is asking you to go. How can I go? Many of you are retired. You may have an extra room that your family members come and use once or twice a year. It's just sitting there. Maybe you can use that room for a high school or a college student that need a day, a break, when uh, they have to transition out of the dorm and say, come and stay here one day or two days when you come in. You can use that. That's not going to harm you. And you pray with them and talk to them, lead them, give them a meal, save them a couple of hundred dollars. That's using your space. One of our church members is going to mentor a high school. And she's going to get, she works at Google. And they're going to mentor high school. And she has signed up to mentor a high school. You can do that. Those who are working in Apple, Google, Yahoo, whichever, NVIDIA, you know, play games with them. 
right? Alex bought a what? A what machine that ping ball? Call the youth and play with them. Let them scream their head off there, right? And when they're tired, tell them about Jesus. <laughs> Sharon, can you please come? Okay. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Persecution will come. Persecution will come. But, there is resurrection. There is resurrection. Starting from Matthew 26, 27. It's how our Lord Jesus was persecuted and killed, crucified. But he rose on the third day. So persecution will come, Santa Clara First Baptist Church. But there is a resurrection. There is a resurrection. We cannot forget that. So we don't have a savior problem. But we have a sin problem. We have a Satan problem. We don't have a harvest problem. But we have a labor problem. And our savior who rose from the dead is telling us, Lo, I will be with you always to the end of the age and you go and teach the people I have taught you and do do the things that I have commanded you right can we be on our feet and just uh, as we sing this song the resurrected Lord you know just imagine the thorn on his head how he was buried how he rose again help us to him the spirit to empower us so we can go out and spread the good news and make disciples let's give a big hand to the lord yes